Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. How accepting are your children of difference? And when I say difference, I mean different colours of skin, different racial backgrounds, maybe it's difference in ability. Today we're talking about mixed-race families and how Australia might not be as open and as multicultural as you may think. Naomi Kissadoo-Green is a mum of three. She's an author and an entrepreneur and a former childcare worker. Her parents are from Ghana and she grew up in the UK where she fell in love with a white Aussie bloke, Matthew Green. Ten years ago, they moved to Australia and had their three children. Naomi, though, was surprised at the lack of books depicting multicultural families, so she penned her own. And she joins us now on the line from Melbourne. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) How did your parents take it when uh, they discovered you'd fallen in love with an Aussie and were going to move to the other side of the world? I think they were my dad because my mum's passed, but my dad was actually quite shocked because I think he thought I was just going to go on holidays for two weeks and come back because I'm a, uh, a person who loves to travel, but to go away and not come back and to leave my family who I'm very close to was a big shock to everybody and especially over the other side of the world all the way in Australia, which means, you know, they had to travel like 24 hours on the flight, which is not something they like to do. No, so, nobody uh, likes to do that though. <laughs> So even for myself, I was it was a big decision, but decision um, I felt was really important. You know, I loved where I was in Australia. I loved my husband, and I decided, you know, I'm going to do it, and I did. And now, you know, ten years on, and wow. I'm still in Australia. And how about uh, Matthew's parents? So did you meet in Australia or in the UK? No, I met him in the UK. Um, and then um, we started traveling together when I came over for a wedding. And um, we just started traveling around in Australia. And then he came over to London and we did a bit of traveling there. And then we decided that we wanted to be together. So I came back to Australia and I made the decision to stay. Wow, that's a big choice. And so mm. what did his parents think when you guys made this announcement? Uh, they I don't think they thought anything because I got introduced to the parents maybe about three, four months into the relationship um, and they were totally fine. They they accepted me. They had no problem with it. So um, with his um, other than my, he's got he's got um, a stepmom and his birth mum. I think his birth mum just you know questioned him and said, you do know she's black, don't you? <laughs> and um, what about the cultural differences? And he was like, what cultural differences? Yes, I did know she was black, but... <laughs> She didn't think anything of it. It was nothing. It was just, you know, she loves me to bits and we get on really well. But it was just funny when I heard that's what she had actually said to him beforehand. So I was like, oh, dear, here we go. But no, it was no problem. I haven't had an issue with any of the family. They're all welcoming. And yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. So they've embraced me. And yeah, there hasn't been any issue whatsoever, which is really good. And what about um, the first time you came to Australia? How was it different? to living in the UK in oh, terms very of... very different. Mm. Um, yeah, it was... I think it's, it was a big shock. 
I realised I was a minority. I definitely realised that. I, I was like in the areas like in Chapel Street, quite affluent areas especially. So there really wasn't a big diverse mix over there for like different cultures or anything. So for me, I stood out like a store farm. And because I was modelling at the time, there wasn't a lot of uh, black models either. So I'm tall, I'm skinny, this big black model who just stands out everywhere. <laughs> and so it was... Yeah, it was very interesting. You know, people used to come up to me on the street. They used to, especially because I was with Matt a lot, they used to come up. And it was some of those, it was positive. They would come up and say, oh, wow, you know, really lovely mix. And you together, or people wouldn't think that we were together and start chatting me up. And my husband would be standing, or my partner at the time would be standing there while they'd be talking to me. Or, you know, it was really funny. It's just people would just, I think it, it was a shock to people to see me walking around in this areas and wondering, you know, what I was doing there. And especially when I started childcare, when I started into the childcare industry, it was hardly any people of colour in the childcare centres and stuff. So, you know, even for the kids, it was a shock to see a person of colour coming in. And a lot of them were actually quite scared to see me, which was quite sad. And oh. they, they would, yeah, they were. They would, you could see the reaction on their face. They'd scare, they would say scary monster and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd walk in and even like the owners, when I would go into the childcare centres, would be like, oh, you lost, can I help you? I'm like, no, I'll come here. <laughs> I've come here for work. So it took a while. Wow. And after I've done it for a little while, I, um, you know, people got used to seeing my face around. And I think, you know, I was just one of the, uh, one of the, the, uh, I don't think what's the, what's the um, normal, uh, one of the people just living in Chapel Street at the time. So they got used to me, one of the community, mem- community members. So it what was you, fine. What do you think that's about, like that kind of reaction? I, I think... I don't know. I just think this because we're not exposed. You know what it is? Exposure. People mm. aren't exposed to a lot of people of colour or ethnic groups and we just don't see many around. And that's also because in the papers, in the magazines, on the TV, they're hardly, even when I was modding, there was hardly any exposure to black models or anything like that. And if you wanted to be exposed, it was like you have to wait for the American companies to come over to use you or to feature you in the magazine or you, you were too exotic looking. And it wasn't uh, something that Australia was embracing yet. And we used to got so much of this. So a lot of the black models actually moved over to the UK at the time. And that's when they started going over to America and all the other New York and they were doing amazingly well over there and they still are doing well over there but when you come in here they just haven't embraced it enough and I think they're scared too um, because it's always been quite Caucasian based in in Australia it's just not really people just don't seem to be exposed to it a lot and I think when they start exposing it they had one person who was put in the magazine a person of colour in the magazine a couple weeks back and it should have been embraced and it should have been it's the first black person on this big cover and instead of it being something that people were celebrating, it became a negative and it all came about race. Why is she on the front cover? Why is she on the front cover? We don't have the make it fight like her. And um, it's not right. She should be on the back, you know, cover mm, of this magazine. It was that. really sad. Did you see that? I do you know, remember I that. Yeah. I was a bit perplexed by it all. Yeah. So it was really sad. And I was like, why do we need to make it about race? It's because we're not exposed. People just don't see it enough that they have to question it. And if we expose it more and not being afraid of it, then people don't have it. They won't say anything because it's just there. And do you think, I mean, we'll get to your book, but it seems to be leading us there anyway. Mm. This exposure to difference, this is something that you see as a holistic thing that needs to happen for our children as well. It really does. It really does. Did this come home to you after you had children or was it actually working in the centres? working in childcare. Working Mm. in the centres, when I I would look at the books that we were reading, when I would see the the kids that were coming in or questioning me or the, the fear on their faces or just not knowing why I was there or, you know, my skin type, just the questions I used to get asked all the time and, 
and even like from the adults. So when I was looking at the children, I thought, you know, these kids are so innocent. They just don't understand. And if they're not exposed to, you know, different cultures and different books and different, you know, different kinds of people, it's, it's going to be awful for when they grow up. They're going to be constantly questioning and not being exposed to it. So once I had my children, or just Kobe first, when first I had child, my first child, I just realised as a mother, it's something I just couldn't just sit back and not do anything about it. I just needed to push for more exposure in the media. I needed to push that our children would be represented. My family, like a multiracial family like mine, would be exposed as well. So that people would see that, you know, just because we're different colours doesn't mean we're not family. And a lot of people would question that when I was walking with my husband or my, my child, like, whose baby is that? Are you the nanny? And, no, I'm not the nanny. He's my son. Why is he, how comes he's your son? Why is he like? There's so many questions they just didn't understand. And I just felt, especially for my son, I don't want him to be questioning 24-7. Is that your mum? Why is she this colour? Why your dad this color you know how comes why you you know it was just so many things and i just said you know what to myself i have to do something about it it doesn't matter if it's a small gesture whatever it is i started sending emails to the childcare centers i started sending in lists of books that they can get that were a bit more diverse and you know, resources bringing more dolls of color in more ethnic dolls as well into play groups because i used to go into different play groups because i move around every couple of years so i'd go into different play groups and i'd see that there was nothing representing and it's not because they they just didn't think about it because there was no you know person with color maybe going into these play groups and they just didn't think why do we need to bring a black girl why do we need a Chinese girl why do I need to have a book representing you know a different a, a different um, culture because they've never really had that, those kind of people coming in to their play centres and for me it was so important and when I addressed the issue a lot of them would be really surprised by my reaction and they would be like actually oh, we're really sorry. We just didn't think about it. And you're right. And we need to start addressing this issue. And they did. They started implementing changes in the centres. And it, they, I kind of opened their eyes to up to the issue, and which was fantastic because a lot of them are embracing it. So the kids, they just need to be more exposed. And that's my main issue, inclusive. They need to be, it needs to be more inclusive for the children around us. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Naomi Kisadu-Green. She's an author and entrepreneur and mum of three. And we're talking about the lack of uh, multicultural examples of families around Australia and different cultures and different backgrounds, people who are just different from the majority white (laughs) culture that you may be living in. And primarily we're talking about this because Naomi's written a children's book called Same But Different. Naomi, sometimes when we write books like this, or I've talked to authors who've written books like this, they often um, have a reason for writing it. In in a way, it helps them to explain things in their own family. Mm. Um, have you used the book with your kids? Like, how do you talk to them about being a mixed race family? I try not to focus on it too much, but because when they're, they're um, from very young, I've always shown them books of different uh, different families representing different family types. They understand anyway. And I've always said to them, you know, daddy's white, mummy's this colour, you're a mix of mummy and daddy. And I always say that they're unique and they're special. And I always mention that sometimes people might ask them questions about their skin colour and it's okay to answer them. It's okay to say that your mummy's um, black and your daddy's white and, you know, you're, you're the perfect mix of both, you know, and you're, you're embracing it. So they totally understand. And I read the books to them and I tell them stories like one of the scenarios in the book is about you know Kobe being questioned about his um who his parents are because of their skin color and you know how he gets upset but instead of getting upset he needs to you know hold his head up high and say yeah I'm proud that you know I'm a blend of both of my families of both cultures and I'm happy with it so for them they look at the book they know it inside out so if anyone ever questions their skin color they're so proud of it they're just like yeah I'm a mix of my mummy and my daddy and I'm totally fine and they they will look at people's skin and they go oh even white people don't have 
same skin colour. I'm like, no, they don't have the skin tone. So we always put other skin tones against each other and they see the different shades of all the colours that we come in. So they know it's not just a black and white skin. They know we all come in a very different kinds of shades. There's so many different colours and they're just totally fine with it. They don't even think about it now. And it's just funny because just today, my friend's daughter just looked at my skin and she's been hanging around with us for a while now. And she just said to me, why are you that colour? And then my mum was just like, oh, mortified. It's like, why are you mortified? It's an innocent question. Kids ask these questions. It's not about the kids asking the questions. It's how you tell them, how you talk to them, how you educate them about race and colour. And she went home. She looked it up. She looked on Google. She showed them all these different families and she exposed them to all these different shades of skin colours and everything. And she totally understood what I was talking about. And she understood now why I write books like this for the kids. And so that was one example of how you helped a, a parent explain different colours, different races to their kids. Do you have yeah. any other suggestions of ways parents can talk or things parents can do for their children if they're thinking they're not really exposed to that much difference? Well, dolls. One of my big things is a lot of parents have, especially like the daughters, they have um, white dolls, Caucasian dolls. Why don't they have black dolls? And it's no reason. I just say to them all the time, do you have a black doll? No, why don't I have a black doll? I'm like, expose your children to dolls, to different um, resources like books featuring other families, ethnic families, different cultures. And if you have them in the house and the kids are exposed to them, they're not really going to question it so much. But if you don't have these, they're always going to look at them and say, why are they different? Why haven't I seen this? So I always recommend to mothers as well, just buy your doll, your, your daughter, different, you know, different ethnic dolls. Buy books that represent different families and different cultures. And then when you have them around them all the time, they won't think anything of them. And even if they ask you a question, just be honest with them. There's no shame that kids ask them questions about skin colour because we're all, we're all curious. So just be honest with them. You know, go into the library, try and find books. Or even if you can't, you can also Google on the internet. There's so many resources or even videos like Sesame Street. I love Sesame Street. They have so many sh- um, shows and little videos that you could actually Google and it teaches them about different people's skin colours. It talk- talks to them about how we're all the same and we're different. Um, anything you Google on there, you can come up and Sesame Street. So it's all in a kid-friendly way. So there's just loads of resources that you can do if you think your you know, child's not exposed to it by the books or buy dolls, buy more resources featuring different sort of cultural faces and puzzles. And they've all, they're all there and they're all resources that we can also get from overseas if you can't get it here. And just, you know, just be honest is my thing. Just be honest and be inclusive in your household, in your school. Just if you don't see it in your school, ask, can we get this doll in? Can we get this book in? If you're in a childcare centre, you know, just ask teachers if we can get more books. And most of them will be, you know, you know able to find them for you and bring them into, you, into your libraries or to your schools. And your book, as I mentioned, is called Same But Different. Uh, Apart Mm. from the books that you've written, uh, have you got any favourites that you've liked to use with your own kids? Um, I've got one on about hair as well, because my daughter's hair is massive, it's a little afro, (laughs) and people seem to love touching their hair, which we try not to get people, because I know people are curious, but when you get like hundreds of people touching their hair all the time, it becomes a problem. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it does, and I understand it. People just love, they want to see what it feels like, but for her, it gets to a point where she's just like, I don't want people touching my hair all the time. So we got this book which explains about hair and how you should embrace your hair and how your your hair's um, unique and the big afro, how you embrace it and all the styles that they can do and they absolutely love that one and there's another one as well um 
that is about a mother who sits with her child and she talks to her and about different cultures and a different language and how they embrace music and stuff. I think it's called My Family. Um, and it's just, yeah, it just talks them through about, you know, how family, how their family started and, you know, the background from Africa, where they came from and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just generation talks about generations and how they became um, who they were and passing down all their little um, songs and their dance and their traditions to the family. So it was a very beautiful book. And I think, yeah, I think it's called My Family, that one. Well, well. well, Naomi, there's um, there's a lot to go on there. I think we might have to write a few of these things up for the website <laughs> so people can refer to it. Um, okay. th- thank you so much for speaking with us today. No, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. That's Naomi Kissadu-Green. She's an author, entrepreneur and mum of three. Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.